You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And thank you for being here on the RPR Network with Real Presence Live, or Real Presence Live with the RPR Network. <laughs> um, we're Brad Gray and Janine Bits, and we just had an awesome conversation with Bill Donahue yeah. from the Theology of the Body Institute. And, and it is just so important. If we could get this one thing right, yeah. I just so many other problems in the world would just dissipate. Yeah, honestly. It would just be done. I really am convinced that it is, it's the epicenter of the assault. If you think of all the hot-button issues of the day, mm-hmm. they all revolve around the, human the, sexuality. The, the human sexuality, the dignity of the body. You can think of abortion. You can think of divorce. You can think of, you know, transgenderism, same-sex marriage. Even you can, euthanasia. Euthanasia. I mean, just it, it all it seems to revolve around, you know, what is the value of us as as bodily beings, as made for love, right? Right. Um, and, and, and not only made for love, I mm-hmm. mean— the love of our our spouse, mm-hmm. uh, our children, you know that sort, our neighbor, mm-hmm. but also just that inherent dignity yeah. from the moment of conception to natural death. Um, it, you know, it, it's just not a commodity. It's not um, yeah. to be used and disposed of at will of others. You know, we're made in the image and likeness of yeah, God. Absolutely. Every single one of us. And I think it's a challenge both for us to assimilate that. <laughs> For ourselves, you know, and in terms of me and my own dignity, but it's also equally difficult um, to to realize that for those who are close to me, you know, especially, you know, in my work with marriage and family life, I think it can be very easy in marriage to forget that this person right here with me is this vast mystery, you know, like like the infinite love of God is showered down upon my wife Lisa, and and to realize. You know, at times, or or your children. You know, you you might have certain children that you get more than other of your kids. You know, there there's certain ones that resonate with your own personality more. Um, but I think what it is is it's a call to to kind of discover the mystery of this person that God has placed in my life, and and to really come to relish and revel in that. I, I think that's yeah. something that we're we're not inclined to do naturally. Well, and it, and it is just so important to recognize everyone's individual uniqueness. You mm-hmm. know, they, they show the thumbprint, and not one thumbprint is the same as right. another thumbprint, yep. and 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 that's for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, God has us each uniquely made, but there also are those things that are common mm-hmm. in our humanity right. yeah. that we need to also celebrate and lift up. Right. It's kind of like, uh, you, you know, we have on the back of the dollar bill, the e pluribus unum, you know, out of many, one, that there's a, a, a vast multiplicity and yet the uniqueness and unity as well. Awesome. Well, we are going to move on to our next interview with uh, Terry Beatley of the Hosea Initiative. Good morning to you, Terry. Hey, good morning from Virginia. Wow, awesome. Oh, well, What's the weather like for Virginia you in Virginia? Virginia is for lovers. It's a great place. <laughs> I grew up in Loudoun County, up in the, the northern part, the beauty, beauty area, i say. Oh, that is, no, it's beautiful in Loudoun. I'm, I'm near the Chesapeake Bay, so I'm at oh, the opposite end of the state. That's yep. pretty gorgeous, too, down by Chickateague and Assateague and Annapolis, yep. that area. That's right. Oh, yep. beautiful. Well, I'm glad to be on with you all. Well, we're happy to have you. Can, Terry, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as we get started? Well, I'm a Catholic revert, 
and so happy to be back in Mother Church. Yeah. And um, uh, I, uh, a few years ago, back in 2009, uh, the Lord made a way to interview Dr. Bernard Nathanson, mm. the father of America's industry of abortion, uh, who, who later repented, became pro-life, and then later became Catholic. And, and I had this interview with him, and it really changed the direction of my life, which led to the formation of Hosea Initiative hmm. uh, to educate people uh, and to really restore uh, dignity to human life by fulfilling the promise I made to Dr. Bernard Nathanson. That's uh, that's fascinating, and I feel like we need more because <laughs> I mean, you, t- you talk about how you had this interview, and that changed. You. What what was it about the interview? What what happened there that uh, well, <laughs> was so powerful? That's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and for your listeners, I think because you know a lot of people, particularly a lot of Catholics who have known about Dr. Nathanson, they think everybody knows about Dr. Nathanson, and, and I've been at this for so long now, and we do surveys, and what we find is about 90% of people, it doesn't matter if I'm in a Catholic or a Protestant audience, at least 90% of the people have no clue who mm. Dr. Bernard Nathanson was. And yet, he, if you learn his legacy, you've learned the keys to how America was duped with the lie that abortion is women's health care. Mm. You learn why and how Joe Biden is running around supporting abortion all nine months of pregnancy. Hmm. All of that is found in the legacy of Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so, um, so he, he's extremely relevant. So what mm-hmm. we're trying to do is, is resurrect this dead story because the abortion industry would love to keep it on the shelves of history unread. And we're like, nope, we're going to pull that off. And the reason is, because at the end of the interview, which was on December 1st, 2009, in Manhattan, New York, interestingly, because that's where our president is from, um, I sat with Dr. Nathanson for one hour. He was 83 years old, terminally ill, and, and extremely remorseful for what he had done. And of course, he had already become Catholic, and he knew, you know, he was believed he was saved. Um, I'm sure he thought he was going to spend a lot of time in purgatory, <laughs> but um, um, but he he carried his cross till the day he died. And at the end of the interview, this was the only question I didn't have listed on a piece of paper. And I said, Dr. Nathanson, I know you're too sick to get your message out anymore. If you if um, if you have a message for America, tell it to me, and I promise you I'll deliver it across our country. Mm until it becomes common knowledge or until Roe v. Wade is overturned. And I didn't know what he would say. I didn't know if he'd say, look, you, you know, my day is done. You pro-lifers take it from here. But he didn't. Um, he looked up at me and he said, yes. He said, continue teaching the strategy of how I deceived America, meaning with the lie that abortion is women's health care. And then he said, he said, and then tell America that the co-founder of NARAL uh, says to love one another. Abortion is not love. Stop the killing. The world needs more love. And I'm all about love now. And I reached over and I shook his hand and I promised him one way or another, I'm going to get this job done. And, uh, and his wife walked me to the door and she 
She said, well, good luck on that promise, Terry. And she winked her eyes <laughs> and the door closed. And I still remember I was staring at the door thinking, oh, my Lord, what have I just done? Mm. And it literally changed the direction of, of my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and it, and it's so awesome that you've taken this on, Terry, because, you know, when you, you know, for our listeners, you know, we've talked about this a lot, you know, that God's mercy is meant for everyone, uh, no matter what our past is, you know, that we are all God's children. We're all made in His image and likeness. Yeah. And some of the most powerful witnesses for life are those who have actually experienced abortion, are those who have actually been uh, put in the industry of abortion, um, and and those have who have felt the pain of it. And here you being a, an interviewee of Dr. Nathan, I'm sorry, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, and taking that to the next level for this soul who did repent, who, you know, found God's mercy. That's so powerful. Hmm. Well, and, and I want to I wanna say dittos on what you just said. What I see in the beauty of Dr. Bernard Nathanson's story, his legacy, and this is what I wish every bishop across America and priests would embrace is, you know, cause, and, I, and I've met some of the bishops, and they recognize Nathanson, and, but I don't think they understand the relevancy of Nathanson, and this is why. Because Dr. Bernard Nathanson, became, he was an atheist. He became pro-life because of, of science, hmm. which is, you know, which is huge. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we got, you know, it's actually hilarious because, Joe Biden even says, you know, follow the science. Well, okay, let's follow the science, like Dr. Bernard Nathanson. But there's something more to it. He spent 10 years in the 1980s, near about 10 years, contemplating suicide. Mm. And he couldn't get rid of the yuck. He couldn't get rid of the um, the guilt. Mm -hmm. He he didn't know what to do. That's when he was still pro-abortion? Pardon? That's when he was still pro-abortion in the 80s? Oh, no, no, no. no. He had already become pro-life. Okay. He became unequivocally pro-life okay. by 1979. 79, okay. And then he made the silent scream movie 1984. Okay. Yep. So particularly after the silent scream, when they saw the baby squirming to get mm. away from the suction tube and opening his or her mouth in a silent scream of a child threatened imminently mm-hmm. with extinction. That's a direct quote by Dr. Nathanson. It was at that point, it, I mean, he would wake up in the middle of the night and sweat. And so in 1990, his path crossed with a priest. And so for the next five years, the priest and he um, studied the catechism. They studied all the great writers. And and Dr. Nathanson realized somewhere in that five-year period, he stopped contemplating suicide, and he began to contemplate Mm. this Lord Jesus Christ. And it's such a beautiful love story that a man who unleashed the abortion monster onto America, um, so it could, that the Lord would show him such incredible divine mercy and love. (laughs) And so it's a story of redemption and healing, but there's something else. It's a story of what does it look like uh, um, um, to have humility? You know, because right now we're told, oh, to have pride. You know, they're pride days, pride parades, pride, Mm -hmm. pride. That's a lie right from hell. 
Dr. Nathanson was, oh, he was the media's darling, and they nursed on every word that man said when he was pro-abortion. But as soon as he became pro-life, he became the butt of, you know, midnight jokes, you know. They just, they laughed him away. Hmm. And so it's this, so the idea that he had to humble himself to say, okay, I got it wrong. And he had to be intellectually honest. That's actually what he recognized as an atheist. Hmm. He was determined to be intellectually honest, that once he saw that baby on real-time ultrasound, that he, the father of the abortion industry, which has led to the death of 63 million. It was 52 million when I met him. Um, so that's, he's so relevant. Yeah, and, and the fact that he was able to, with the help of his priest, without, with the help of spiritual direction, of course, ultimately with the help of God and Jesus Christ, our Savior, he was able to kick those demons out of his life because that's the way the evil one works. Mm-hmm. They want it. He wants to keep reminding you of your sins of your past and, and not give you the chance to have that mercy and that redemption. So Terry, we're going to have to take a quick break, but on the other side of the break, we really want to talk more about the Hosea initiative. So sure. thank you so much listeners for joining us on real presence live. We will be back in just a few minutes. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love. And it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in South Fargo, near Saints Anne and Joachim Church. Lumen Vision is a full-service eye care facility that provides eye exams for both children and adults. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eco Eyewear, an environmentally friendly frame company that plants a tree for each frame sold. For more information about our mission and scheduling your appointment online, you can go to lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. For more than 20 years, the University of Mary has watched students thrive through affordable, flexible, and formative online education programs. Now, we are delighted to announce the expansion of these offerings with the robust portfolio of advanced education options created intentionally for the Catholic working professional. Our programs offer accelerated formats with classes beginning every five weeks throughout the year and the potential for a return on your investment in the very first year. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network. 
bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are having a powerful conversation with Terry Beatley from the Hosea Initiative. Terry, you were just talking about uh, Dr. Bernard Nathans and your interview with him and how uh, his story, his life story, and, and his conversion, and how powerful that was. And um, <laughs> gosh, it's it's hard to put all that together in a, a brief summary. Um, that it was, it, it's really striking to see how the founder of NARAL, a co-founder of NARAL, um, became this huge pro-life advocate. Uh, at initially littered with remorse, uh, but but experiencing the Lord's mercy in the midst of that. Now, your work in helping to get out his message uh, mm-hmm. through the Hosea Initiative has been kind of a life's work for you. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, well, the vision we have at the Hosea Initiative is literally an America where unborn life is welcomed and protected by the law. And I think we can move the needle forward um, in that way by educating, restoring, and unifying America around a culture of life ethic by getting this story told about Dr. Bernard Nathanson. So when I think about, you know, listeners, you know, your listeners, maybe some out there were affected by abortion. Maybe they had an abortion. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were abortion advocates. Maybe, you know, maybe they encouraged somebody to have an abortion, and they're dealing with that. This is why I think Dr. Nathanson's story is so relevant, because nobody can out-abort. Dr. Bernard Nathanson, he unleashed this, mm-hmm. and and God forgave him. It's a, it's just it's to me it's the most beautiful That's love powerful. story. Yeah. And I I think I'm such a big advocate about history matters, right. and women have the right to know. Women have the right to know the lies that Dr. Nathanson uh, put forth that are still going on today, mm-hmm. and uh, they need to know how the manipulation. And then they can make a decision, you know, where do they need to stand on this? So um, so that's what we do. And we have lots of different tools. I, I, I started the ministry back in 2011, and then we held women's conferences. And then in 2014, my team said, Terry, you need to get the book written because the book will burst this forward. So the book, you can find the book at abortionking.com. That's a real easy website to remember, abortionking.com. That is a pro-life publisher, and I encourage people to get it there instead of Amazon, because Amazon takes 50% of the proceeds, and I need every piece of proceeds I can get <laughs> this ministry going. That's so, right, uh, amen. Abortionking.com. I, I, I think your listeners will really like this, learning this. After I wrote the book, it's like, okay, what in the world am I going to name the book? And I had a bunch of different titles. And I sat down with a journalism a friend of mine, she's a Ph.D. in journalism, and she said, well, Terry, give me some options. So I said, well, Dr. Nathanson's widow, um, before my book was published, she called me one day and she said she had papers um, from his files. Um, and she said, some of these papers, Terry, have never been seen before. Hmm. And I said, well, what do you have? And she said... Well, I have his resignation letter to NARAL Pro-Choice America. Hmm. And she said, would you like a copy? And I said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, no, can you FedEx it to me, you know, tomorrow? 
So in it, I want to read just a little excerpt yeah. from his resignation letter, because this is where the book title came from. Okay. And it says um, he wrote, uh, the judgments of the Supreme Court were never meant to be infallible or eternal. And what if we've been wrong? If the court should soon reverse itself on the abortion issue in the light of changing times and or new scientific evidence, what an incalculable injustice will have been perpetrated. What an immeasurable, irretrievable loss will have been suffered. The annual dues to NARAL are $10 a year and the hubris of certainty. Regretfully, I can no longer afford those dues, Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Mm. So he said, and what if we've been wrong? And that is the name of my book. It's called What If We've Been Wrong? And the subtitle is Keeping My Promise to America's Abortion King. I have had so many people tell me that when they've read my book, from front to back, they've learned more about the whole abortion industry than 20 years in pro-life ministry. And the reason is because we I was able to extract the most important parts about Dr. Bernard Nathanson's story, make it relevant to today. And what do I mean? The loss of parental rights. Mm-hmm. I became first an, a parental rights activist, and then I learned what the abortion lobby had done to parental rights. There are no parental rights for the most part, mm-hmm. because in, every, in near about every state, a young minor girl can go behind her parents' back and go get an abortion, and the parent never finds out. They do this for a judicial bypass if the judge thinks that minor is mature enough for an abortion. And it's like, wake up, America. And But this is what NARAL did. NARAL, on the state level, they worked to erode parental rights. So the book tells the story of Nathanson, as well as my journey of uh, fighting the, the lobby. And, um, and there's more to it. But then in the back, we've included Norma McCorvey's affidavit from 2003, where she appealed uh, to the court to overturn the Roe v. Wade decision. It's her affidavit. Mm-hmm. Every American needs to read that. And then lastly, and it's a whole God story about this, um, but I don't want to be too long-winded here, but I met Norma McCorvey's pro-life attorneys, and they wrote an appendix explaining the six erroneous assumptions of the Roe v. Wade court. So all that's packed in one book. Mm. So you can get the book at abortionking.com. Yeah, it it is. Uh, there's just so much, um, I, I don't want to use the word ignorance badly, but there's so many people that don't actually know what happened in that Roe v. Wade decision, what, you know, right. who Norma McCorvey is and, and right. her story. And, and even, um, is it, uh, there's Doe uh, also, the other right. um, instance um, with the other lady. You know, it, it's just so important for us to get the truth out. And I just am so grateful for you, Terry, doing this. Um, you know, I do really feel like we've made great strides. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that's troubled me during this election is how Catholics are fighting amongst each other. You know, and even the U.S. Catholic Conference of Bishops have said we need to get this one issue yeah. right, and then all the other issues 
will, a lot of them will fix themselves. But you look at the human sex trafficking going on. You look at the incarcerated men in prison because their girlfriend or wife have had an abortion and the effect psychologically and emotionally on them. I mean, we're just destroying what God has intended Mm -hmm. for the gift of life. That's right. Any Catholic willing to go vote for a pro-abortion candidate needs to pause and re-examine. And I want to encourage any of those people and all your listeners, you know, all your pro-life listeners, Mm -hmm. to read an article that we recently, just a couple weeks ago, had published in Inside the Vatican magazine. called Inside the Vatican. If you go and look for America's Abortion King, and the Catholic strategy. What most people don't know is that NARAL set out with a very stealthy strategy in the late 1960s to deceive Catholic voters, and they literally called it the Catholic strategy. Hmm. And, you know, I can get long-winded at this, and I you know, have a respect for you and your <laughs> listeners. I don't think I should. Oh. But just know you can read about it. And there are four elements in it, and it'll blow your mind hmm. that, that it was so... It, I mean, it's just like the Bible verse, John ten ten. Satan comes to kill, deceive, and destroy. Yes. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's what they did. So the idea that, uh, that any Catholic in America today could vote, or uh, any Christian in America could vote for a pro-abortion candidate... You know, anyone thinking, well, you know, I don't feel good about abortion, but every woman deserves the right to choose. That was literally called the straddle. That was the fourth element of the Catholic strategy. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That... Yeah, yeah it, it is really powerful. It's, um, you know, we make this about personality and, and so forth, and not to get political, but this is the one issue that if we can get it right, we can get yeah. so many other issues right. And and it's just paramount to really discern and pray about how we can do this. And and also, you know, it's about changing hearts. I mean, it, there can be a bad law, but it doesn't mean we have to, you know, use mm-hmm. that law. We need to have our hearts changed. But, but this whole... Uh, this whole strategy that you're speaking of, it just really frustrates me. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just went to inside the Vatican, uh, the website and typed in abortion in the search page. And the first article that came up was the America's abortion King, uh, and the Catholic strategy. So can you post that on your website? I can check into that. Okay. Yeah. It's all about educating. I've tried, I've spoken in probably 25, 26 different states. Hmm. And usually to Catholic audiences, and I've talked to people who have said, you know, I always voted for pro-abortion candidates. And until I heard you explain this, and then they would say, I will never, ever again vote for a pro-abortion hmm. candidate. Yes. So truth matters, history matters, and we have to become, we have to be bold. We yep. have to be bold with the truth. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much, Terry. This is uh, an essential work that you're doing, and we appreciate you taking the time to be on with us this morning. It's, uh, it's certainly Thank been a gift. 
Well, thank you for having me, and I'm happy to come back anytime. Well, thank you, Terry. Yes. Thank- hours of information. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, and and, right. and just keep the faith and keep on doing what you're doing. It it matters. Yeah. Okay. God bless you. God, God bless, bless you, you too. too. All right. Up next, All Saints Day is coming soon. Who is your favorite saint? Let's stay tuned for a saintly discussion on Real Presence Live with our favorite Father Charles LaCroix coming on the other side of this break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 